Good morning, Rock Bible Church. This is where the music ends. That's a sign, right? All right, get out your pen and your paper. We're going to administer the test. I know we said there's never a test, but it's the last day of the year. We have to do a report. How'd your year go? Write it down. Positives and negatives. We're going to wrap it up today. I want to um, uh, congratulate and thank those of you who made it last day of the year. You know, some people, they opt out. They say, oh, I've been going to church all year. I can take this last day off. You guys made it to the final exam. Good job. Um, so there's extra brownies for you, and you get a star next to your name. Okay? Unless it's a cowboy star. And then, no. No. I, we're not doing that. So, uh, good morning. Welcome to Rock Bible Church. You want to preach too? Come on up. Um, yeah, we are a Christ-centered, biblically-based, compelling, casual community, as he said. And uh, how do we do this year? Okay. What's a more important question? This is part of the test. How are we going to do next year? Right? We, um, we just finished the season... Don't you love the decorations? I'm going to push to see how long we can keep them up. Right? I'm hoping that we can get to the first Mexico trip in March. Uh, it's, by the way, it's literally three months from today, which is weird. We start the last day of March. It's the last day of December. And I think once the Mexico trip is over in March, what bleeds into April, we can just start Christmas for next year. So I'm, I'm going to try to keep them up both here and at home. I'll let you know how it goes. But we, we just came through a season uh, that defines everything. Amen? Uh, in fact, we're, we're going to get another great event out of Christmas called Easter. Um, we'll get that on uh, March 31st. So that'll be fun. Um, and we just finished a series uh, talking about all the different things we need to resolve about Christmas. Like, how, how, do we, how do we buy into it and have it make sense based on the stories? And some of it's far-fetched and outlandish and, well, if we use biblical terms, miraculous. And I think we walked through that in, in some good ways. And, and now we're at a place where the, the, more than just the rules have changed, the whole game's changed. We're, we're, we're no longer even playing the same game. It, it'd be like if you went from uh, basketball to starting to play soccer or something. It's just a total different set of rules. And I want us to spend a little time. In fact, we're going to start a new series today. I'm very excited about it. Uh, in a new book. And um, uh, I'm pretty sure you're going to enjoy it. You're going you're gonna to catch all of it, I guarantee. Because um, you're going to love it. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at what has been, what's about to be, and more importantly, how do we measure it? What, what do we remember? What do we think about? What are we conscious of? What do we prioritize? When we walk into anything, we, we plan, we organize, we figure out core values, and that's what we're going to do uh, in this uh, series. 
Um, it's going to be a, a long one. I think it's going to get us all the way through. I don't know. We'll see. But um, we're going to do the book of, jo- of Jude. One chapter. I told you you were going to catch the whole series. I guaranteed it. So we're, we've already, we're past the beginning of the series. We're like a quarter way into it at this point. We'll be halfway in a little bit, and then by in the next 40 minutes or so, you're, we're going to be done. Um, but there's this wonderful book at, right at the end, right? We're at the end of the year. Judah's right at the end, right before Revelation. It's where they placed it. Uh, if you want to know why they placed it there, we'll talk about that some other time because I want to get into the book itself. But there's some great things, great little things about this book. We'll, we'll cover a couple of them. Most importantly, the perspective it gives us. And I think it's perfect for end of the year, start of the year. Right? Have you figured out, you got to decide, is this, is, are we at the end of the year or are we at the start of a new year? Oh no, it's both, right? How do we look at that? So let's pray, uh, and then we're going to jump right in, do a whole series in one day. Lord, thanks for our, our morning. Thanks for our year. We thank you for the year we're about to have. And I pray, Lord, that we recognize how you were last year and how you will be next year. And then... As we just sang, may we all be able to claim with confidence, I know I will never be alone. And so I, I pray for this time. I pray it's yours, that it honors and glorifies you. That we're true to your word, guided by your spirit, and that we honor your son, Jesus Christ. In his name it is that we pray. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, by the way, I'm still saying Merry Christmas. So if I say Merry Christmas, you just get used to it. Um, The whole New Year's thing is fun, but trying to do uh, Christmas all year round. Merry Christmas, Doug. Uh, We are Jude chapter, well, there are no chapters. There's just Jude. We're Jude 1. And in a second, we'll be Jude 2. It's going to go really fast. Here we go. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. Okay, good. You know, um, there's a, another book in the New Testament called James. Um, it's, it's much longer. It's five chapters, right? Um, so apparently they're brothers, and we'll, we'll get to, to that in a little bit. Um, but that's kind of how he gets into Scripture. Um, for some of you, you wonder, like, how did books of the Bible get into the New Testament? Well, there are several criteria. One of them, you had to be around Jesus. And if... Jude was the brother of James, and James was around Jesus, then the argument is, well, then Jude was around Jesus at the same time, right? And that's what gives him uh, the qualifications to speak. Uh, you know, the other, one of the other standards is the content of what they wrote. If there was anything that was a little bit off or could even be questioned much at all, they'd, they'd throw it out. And it begs the question, if there's only a few verses, it's a really, really short little letter, why even add it at all? Let's ask that question out loud, and we'll answer it. Me and you, mostly you. If it's that short, why include it at all? 
Because it's important. What makes it important? Because he's related to James? I think, I think, Jesse, you said it. I'm, I'm pretty sure. There's something important in it. There's content. Right? There's, there's a lesson in there. Um, that's what we're going to get to. He's writing to those who, by the way, there's, um, I think there's eight Judes in the New Testament referred to. How do you know which one? Oh, man, that's confusing. He doesn't really name himself other than the brother of James, right? But um, Jude, this is kind of fun. I found this when I was studying. What's Jude short for? Judah. Judah. Very common name back in, in those days, named after the tribe, right? The priest, the kingly tribe, um, and where kings were going to come from. Uh, who's he writing to? To those who are called, beloved in God the Father, and kept for Jesus Christ. May mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Mercy, peace, love. Those are going to come back in, in just a minute. This is kind of the greeting. And then there's this fun word. Verse 3. Verse 1. Ready? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, okay, verse 3, and you're going to say the word. Okay, ready? Verse 3. Hmm. Verse 3. Oh, what is that word? Beloved, those that are loved, the loved ones, lovely, if we used a word other than love, um, because Lisa is, we might say cherished, right? Great word. Who's he writing to? Don't say the people that are loved. <laughs> okay. Okay. We skipped over it fairly quickly. For those who are called beloved in God and kept for those that belong to Christ, right? He's writing to Christians. And now I want you to see verse 1 and verse 3. We have a word used twice. What is it? Beloved. Okay, get out your outlines. Look at the back. It says Jude. There's no number before it or number after it because Jude is all-inclusive when you say Jude. I love when people list it Jude chapter 1. Okay, we have a rookie. <laughs> and what's the title under that? Remember, beloved. And there's a couple ways that, that could be dual meaning. You could argue even there's three different ways to think of remember, beloved. Okay, but this is what um, Jude is getting into. And I want us to see it. If, if you're beloved, what should you remember? If you're remembering the beloved, what just should you remember about them? Okay, there's two different ways to look at it. We'll keep moving because uh, this is important to them. Although I was eager to write to you about our common salvation. Are we all clear on salvation, right? That's the Easter thing. Jesus died on the cross for us, conquered death, solved sin, proved his place in the second part of the Trinity. There's a several quite a few more things that get accomplished there but he says hey we're all clear on that right why does he why is he clearing that up real quick he wants to move on to something else right i found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith what's what's contending for the faith i feel like i'm supposed to say it with a really dark dark uh, deep voice you must contend for the faith. 
Right. What, what's everyday language? What are we saying? Fight for it. Stand up for it. Right? They all want to fight. You just want to stand up. I like that. They're aggressive. Right? Stand up for what we believe, right? Namely, Heitzman is here. He would say, all right, stand up for Jesus. That was once for all delivered to the saints. Once for all. And all for one. Right? Uh, what's once for all referring to here? It was solved already, right? So was this written after Christ's death? Okay, there we go. Right? So this is how we place it a little bit. But he's saying, look, um, we've already solved the salvation. But I need you to figure out how do you fight for it? How do you protect for it? How do you stand up for it? How do you speak to it, publicize it? And here's why he's going to do this. Verse 4. For certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation. Ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord. You mean some people get it wrong? What? Why would they do that? Why would, why would they pervert something? Um, because they're not really believing. They're using it for their own gain. Bias. Selfish. Whatever. And apparently Jude figured out early on there's people that are oppositional. That don't want to do God. Kind of interesting because Jesus said it another way. He said, the road is narrow and few are those who find it. And, and Jude's here to say, hey, guess what? It's already happening. It's already begun. Now, I want to... Now, I want to... Mm, get out your outline. What's it say? Remember, beloved. That's the title, right? This is... I tell you guys uh, regularly, I, I cheat. I steal all this stuff, right? I don't come up with my own titles or we're supposed to be reminded of something, all right? Let's figure out what it is. Although you once fully knew it, that Jesus, who saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. Um, who, who gets in? Believers. Who, who gets out? Non-believers. Okay. Anybody have any problems with that last sentence there? Fully knew it that Jesus who saved the people out of the land of Egypt afterward destroyed those who did not believe. Anybody notice anything in there? I kinda I've kinda um I kinda like the Bible. I, I don't know if you figured it out. And it's fascinating to me. And I wanna I wanna teach. I think part of my job as a pastor is to preach. Part of my job is to teach, and when I want to teach you some little things, and one of them is how, how do you make observations of what you're reading? Because there's something really weird here that should jump off the page. They, they came out of Egypt, right? What, what half of the Bible was that in? The Old Testament. Some of us like to say the First Testament, right? We call it old, and somehow we think we're diminishing it. The First Testament, the Old Testament, I like old, by the way, because I suffer from it. But Egypt happened in the First Testament. 
Wait, Gene, wait, what did you just say? Wait, where, where does the word Jesus appear in the First Testament? <gasps> okay, have you caught it? What jumps out of that sentence there? That Jesus saved the people out of the land of Egypt? Ooh. Jude is making a deep theological decision. He is defining a doctrine right there. Right? When did Jesus begin to exist? Well, according to Jude, it was pre-Egypt. Right? I think Jude read his Bible and realized that mm, Jesus probably was walking in the garden when Adam and Eve sinned. And that when things go on, the whole of the Trinity is involved. There's no division there. There's no separation. I love the way Jude says this. And I'm a little bugged that no one ever pointed it out to me before. I went to a couple classes for Bible school. <laughs> and I've been in front of a lot of pastors. No one ever showed me this before. I love that. That Jesus saved the people out of the land of Egypt. Right? Most of the time, people say, who saved him? Or, what was the dude's name? Moses, Moses right? It was Moses. Wait, when was Jesus there? He's there in spirit. That's pretty cool. Why is that cool for us? Because we could be a saved, and it means we're never alone. What Lisa's pointing out is, if he was there, then he is probably here. We've just changed what we think the limits are on Jesus' experience with man. I love that Jude just slips it right in there as he's about to talk about something else, but just he like hides a grenade in the sense, pulls the pin and says, I wonder if they're going to like this one. I love that, right? Uh, verse 6, And the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority, hmm, Guys, there's a whole sermon right there. Position of authority. Right? Where does authority exist? How do you define it? Who has authority? What are your limits to it? Apparently, angels got backwards on that one, or sideways, uh, and left their proper dwelling. He has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. Ooh, that doesn't sound good. Good thing it's the angels and not us. And that could never happen to us. I think my tongue is bleeding. Yeah, you can get yourself out of your proper dwelling, your proper position. You can get outside of authority and find yourself in judgment. Well, at the end of the year, the beginning of the year, let's figure out how this happens or what should we be thinking about or what should we be, what was the word he used that I put at the top in the title? remember what do we need to remember if this is true just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities which likewise indulged in sexual morality pursued unnatural desire served as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire it's a good thing none of that stuff goes on anymore these days oh wait no I forgot our culture has become professionals at debauchery and all kinds of wickedness and things that just get you in trouble. 
right? You can't even turn around without, whoa, there's sin right there. He says, look, this can take over. And by the way, when does the eternal fire start? It, it starts before you get there. It starts burning you up before human life ends. Right? I like to make the uh, point that uh, have, when does heaven start? If heaven is the existence of God or being in the presence of God, heaven can start now. What's the dark side of that one? Uh, you can be without God starting now. Let's, let's pick one of those and don't say both, right? I mean, we, we got to know where we're going, what we're doing, and why we're doing it. Verse 8, yet in like ma manner, these people also, relying on their dreams, defile the flesh, reject authority, blasphemy the glorious ones. Yikes. It just, it, it progresses, right? But when the archangel Michael, ooh, I like the Michael, the angel, contending with the devil. Hmm. Anybody like what just happened right there? The devil apparently can be contended with, and who's apparently good at it? Michael, the archangels. There are more angels? Gosh, the devil's power and prestige just got diminished a little in my mind. I hope it did in yours contended with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses. Okay, this is an obscure reference that we're not going to get into because it does not fall in the canon of our scripture. You won't find it in the First Testament. You won't find it in the New Testament. But you will find references to angels contending for different things. They're a little more obscure and they don't get into a whole lot of detail. Why does God rob us of all the detail of the cool angels that we can make great movies about? <sighs> Why? Because it's not important. Show hands. Any of you angels? None? Okay, you don't need to know about them then. Any humans? Okay, those of you with your hands up, should be all of you, put them down. Now, how many of you know everything there is to know about humans? Oh, wait, sorry. Okay, so do we have work to do before we get to angels? Okay, that's why we don't know about angels. Were we meant to know about angels? Say no. Why? He didn't want us to. That's some of the greatest theology. R.C. Sproul, I give credit for some of my uh, deductive reasoning on some theology. What do you don't know? You're not supposed to know because he didn't let you know it and he didn't want you to know it. Move on. <laughs> wow, that guy, R.C., he's brilliant. <laughs> Love that. Okay. Uh, so there's this reference. And he did not presume, what did he do? The, what we are going to find out, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment. Does the angel try to give out judgment? Does the angel try to take authority? Does Michael the archangel misstep, take a different position other than is proper for him? No, he doesn't do that. Instead, he says, hey, the Lord rebuke you. What's he saying? Hey, you know, Fred, I, I have no idea what's going on with you, Fred, but that's you and God. Right? Rather than, Fred, you're a sinner. Right? You can't do that. We don't do that here. Amen? And we're not supposed to. Apparently, Archangel, who can contend with the devil, I mean, is he, is he pretty powerful? He, he must, 
he must be fairly capable, this Michael guy, right? Don't mess with Mike. And he says, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stay within my bounds. I'm going to put everything at the Lord's feet and let whatever the Lord decides to do with the devil, that's the Lord's business. But, verse 10, these people blaspheme all that they do not understand. So glad that we never question and mock things that are mysterious to us. Anybody see the blood on my tongue on that one? They are destroyed by all that they, like unreasoning animals, understand indistinctly. <laughs> we, I'm sorry, instinctively. Thank you, Doug. I must practice my reading. Um, we fixate on the things that are mystery that we don't understand. We make judgments. We come to conclusions. We project manipulate and then the stuff the obvious stuff that he gives us we spend very little time on it and then we get in trouble because the stuff he did want us to know that he gave us very easily a very thick book of the stuff instead we want to go off and ask questions about angels and uh, what about revelation and hey what's going to happen to my ex and uh, it's like uh, you don't need to know any of that stuff. If you did, you'd be told. But how about the love of money? You know anything about that? Because the book talks about that. How about your sexuality? Do you know anything about that? Because the book talks about that. How about the things that come out of your mouth and how you treat people? How often do you serve? How generous are you? Gracious. How do you treat people? How about this one? Okay? Because you'll never get this one. You'll never get it. Love your neighbor. How, when do you get that solved? When do you finally, like, I've, I've figured, you know, Scott, I've figured out how to love my neighbor. You know, in 2023, I was a neighbor lover. I have a certificate. I'm so good at it, right? You'll never get to the place where you are perfect at anything. So why are we stressing? about the stuff that we don't know, how about you keep working on the things that you do know, that He has given you, right? Like show up to church on the last day of the year. You did it! Good job. I just, I gotta mock the people that didn't, you know. Um, for fun. No negativity, right? No negativity at this church, amen? Only positive. There you go. Um, woe to them, for they walked in the way of Cain and abandoned themselves for the sake of gain to Balaam's error, error and perished in Karah's rebellion. A couple different references there. The one I want you to get is Jude says, this has been going on since the very beginning, all the way back to Cain. And by the way, before Cain, Adam and Eve. Luckily, Adam and Eve found their way out of it. Cain didn't. What's the good news for us? There's a chance. There's a way to get out of it, right? There's a way to refocus, rethink, get back on the path. These are hidden reefs. 
verse 11. Hidden reefs at your love feast as they feast with you without fear. Shepherds feeding themselves. Waterless clouds. These are all negative things, right? How good's a cloud if it has no water? Well, it could give you shade, Scott. It's not the purpose of clouds, okay? Find a tree. Right? Shepherds feeding themselves. What's wrong with that one? Who's the shepherd supposed to feed? The sheep. Okay, it's, these are all about being off. A fruitless tree in late autumn? Twice dead? <laughs> As if dead once wasn't enough. <laughs> Bad news for you, Mr. Bergman. They died twice. <laughs> what? Uprooted. What's the problem with uprooted? There's no foundation and there's no potential for future growth or life. You know, you, you have plants or trees or something in your yard that you really like and the storm comes and they get totally damaged and you think, that's okay, we'll take care of it, we'll water it, we'll fertilize it, and it will it'll grow back. Not if it's uprooted. Right? Wild waves of the sea casting up the foam of their own shame. Wandering stars for whom the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved forever. Man, you could deliver that with some venom. We're not going to do that today because I want to move on to the fun stuff. Okay, Verse 14, it was also about these that Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousand of His holy ones to execute judgment on all and to convict all the ungodly of all their deeds of ungodliness, that they have committed in such an ungodly way. What's the theme here? <laughs> ungodly, right? And of all the harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Um, what's the key? If you want to do well, take the un off and be. Right? He's making his point, right? These are grumblers, malcontents, which is a great word. I want to find a way to use it in a positive manner. Not sure I can, but uh, following their own sinful desires, they are loud mouth boasters showing favoritism to gain advantage. I'm so glad that that era is over and those people don't exist anymore. Wow. Sounds like they had the internet back then. But you must. But you must. Remember. But you must. But you must. But you must. Man, you guys are like pulling teeth. It's been a long year. You're out of energy. Is that it? That's okay. Next Sunday, you'll be all vigored up, right? Remember, beloved. Are we, have we arrived at what Jude wants us to know? We got a whole bunch of foundational stuff, backstory, problems, and the whole thing. We've cut through all of that junk, and now... You get your title of what we're looking at. Beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, in the last times, there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. What's he saying? He's saying, duh, you knew this was coming. They told you it was coming. Stop being surprised. Stop asking questions about all this stuff that you don't understand and take care of you. Remember. 
It is these, verse 19, who cause divisions. Worldly people devoid of the Spirit. Have you met division-causing people? Oh, they're exhausting. But you, building yourselves up in your most holy faith. Man, that sounds like a church Sunday school phrase right there. Building yourselves up in your most holy faith. What does that mean? Can we translate it? Because I'm, I'm stuck in like kindergarten in Berkeley. How would a kindergartner in Berkeley understand that? Because that was me taking two reading classes, one in the morning and one in the afternoon, because he was behind. That happened. <laughs> now he reads for a living. God has a sense of humor. What's that mean? Building yourselves up in your most holy faith. Growing in what? In what you believe about Jesus. How about you spend your time on that, is what he's saying. And praying, so we're supposed to build our faith, what we believe. How about, another way to say that is, how about you think about doctrine a little bit? You know, I I made the mistake and continue to make this mistake sometimes where I think God is about, well, I got rules. Cannot do any of those things. And then post twos, you have to do these things. No, yes. Bad, good, evil, righteous or holy. Okay. And then I figured out one day, I was like, wait, what if, what if we get into the character of God, the doctrinal stuff about who He is, and enjoy that more than the rules. How about if the rules stop being rules, not because they were no longer rules, they're still rules. Do the rules change, by the way? No. Okay, no emails about that. But now no, I no longer view them as just restraints, but guidelines, joys, privileges, bumpers on the bowling lane, yeah right praying in the holy spirit are we supposed to talk to god say yes yeah keep yourselves in the love of god which means you're going to practice loving your neighbor we talked about that earlier waiting for the mercy of wait waiting wait wait i have to wait can you not say that word around me please Anybody hear that word? What was it? Ah, oh, because I thought it was just waiting. Now apparently I have to exercise patience. Waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Later, He's going to do something merciful for you. If you ever think you're stuck in something, that's a lie. There's no such thing as stuck in God's economy. Have you... Have you if God can do all things, your perception is that you're stuck. Maybe in your own abilities, you're stuck. In your own resources, you are stuck. But how fast can He solve it? This is the interactive portion of the morning. I'm going to ask you a question. You're going to answer it. All right? How fast could He solve it? All right. You guys are at risk of me putting a minus after your grade this morning. Try this again. How fast could he solve it? Okay. 
Immediately? Now? Instantaneously? How about this one? How do you know he's, he hasn't already solved it and your perception's what's off? Ooh, I hate that one. Because all of the offness is now on me, right? Mercy's coming. 22, and have mercy on those who doubt. Who's the greatest doubter that you need to have mercy on? Yourself? You, if you remember how the whole thing ends, it changes how you live today. And then when somebody doubts, which by the way, that's the clean way of saying it. Hey, did you hear that they're out being promiscuous? Or do you hear they've got a drinking problem? They've been gambling. They don't come to church anymore. You know the... The, the nice way to say that? They're dealing with doubt currently. <laughs> and how do we treat those people? Love, Love your neighbor. See, you still haven't gotten it. Right? We got to figure out how to deal with those that are doubters or in the same place you're in. Right? None of us are perfect. None of us are. Save others. Is that a command? Yeah. I thought only Jesus saves. Now, theologically, is that true? Like, who pays for sin? Who conquers death? And I get that. But is there some kind of role that this guy Jude says, because he was around Jesus apparently, we have in affecting salvation for other people? Affecting rather than effecting. Like, we can't make it happen, but we have an influence on it. We could be a help or a hindrance. He says, help. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. I love that idea. It feels a little violent in a good way. Come here, you're not dying today. I love that. To others, show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. And now he's, here's the big close. All right, we should have like a drum roll. This, one's, this is one of the great closes, okay, which I think is part of the reason he got in forefathers are reading this and they got to the end and like oh man right now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling who's that jesus he can keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only god our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory and majesty, dominion and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen? Amen. Sorry, I had to get a little excited about that one. <laughs> Is that a fun one? Is he excited about the Lord? Why would he be? I mean, he had to live in a, a very diminished time with much less resources. They didn't have electricity and all these other things. No internet. I mean, he couldn't type this. And he had to write it in Greek. Why would he be so excited? Because he remembers that he was beloved. And he remembers who beloved him. The identity, the character qualities of Christ. And he writes this short, short note. It's really a note. 25 verses 
And may the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen? Amen. All right. If we're going to remember, beloved, which is remember them or what is a beloved, there's a couple ways to look at this. What do, what do we need to think about? Well, uh, the beloved is the beginning of the sentence for all your fill-ins today. Okay, that's what that is. And the thing there, the beloved is who? Okay, very selfish of you. Good job. All right, it's me. It's God. I'm beloved, right? Is it you? Okay. Is it me? Is it them? Okay, so the beloved is who? Everyone. Okay, now, how many different answers can you put in there where that blank is? Write some of them down. Okay, and let's get beyond pronouns. Me, him, you. Are there some beloveds that um, are lacking love from you? Maybe write their name down. Who, who, uh, who had a subpar experience with you in 2023 that you could make more of an effort in in 2024? You, you could show them their beloved. Apparently, according to Jude, maybe save them. Snatch them out of the fire. Right? Um, for Jude, who's the beloved? People he's writing to, us, believers. But before any of that, who's the beloved for him? He is. I love this about Jude. Who is Jude again? Brother of James. Oh, okay, that's, that's pretty good. That's fun. Who was James? Half-brother of Jesus. Most believe, some try to argue because, you know, in Christendom we have to argue. We think it's part of our, our DNA or something like that. But most argue that Jude was actually half-brother of Jesus. Why do we say half-brother? Because Jude came from Joseph. Jesus came from Holy Spirit, right? Both had Mary. Common belief is that neither James nor Jude believed in Jesus Christ, their brother, till after the crucifixion and resurrection. Now, this is the one part of the Bible that makes total sense to me. My brother shows up, starts acting like he's the Savior. Yeah, I'm not buying it. <laughs> uh, you can go your whole life. Oh, that was a cute little thing you did with that over there. Yeah, whatever. No. Uh-uh. And then they get to the cross. And Jude realizes he's not even playing the same game anymore. I mean, I knew he was different. I knew he was odd. I knew he was special, whatever. But at some point, he had to come to the belief, crushing his ego, brother is who he says he is, who God says he is, who prophet says he is. He resolved everything about Christmas. Right? And big brother must be. And if he is, then who am I? I love that process. That's the salvation process. Some of you need to go through that process still. 
And did Jude have all the answers? Say no. But he had enough because God gave him what he needed to know in order to move forward and realize that he was beloved. And when you recognize it about yourself, you can start recognizing it about other people because here's the, here's the rub. You can never love your neighbor until you learn to love yourself. And that's a tough one. Now, some of you are really nice to other people and you beat yourself up. It's all fake. You're being nice to people to avoid discomfort because you still don't like yourself. He died for you. Not to conquer sin. Not to conquer death. He did those things. But if you look at actual purpose statements from actual scripture in sentences in Greek, he died for you. Love that. Because now we're playing a new game. So the beloved is you, me, them, us, all of us, right? Are there some beloveds that are going to miss out? Yeah, because they go ungodly. Is that your responsibility? How often? Never. Okay. The position of Lord has been filled. We are no longer taking applications. I love that. Uh, number two, uh, the beloved predicted the good, the bad, and the ungodly. Oh, curveball. I knew I was going to get somebody on that one. I never understood. You know, they have that movie. I love that movie. I've only watched it like once or twice because it's really old. And, but I never understood the title. The good, the bad, and the ugly. I finally realized, wait, the bad and the ugly, they're both bad. Why does the, why does the dark side get two in that title and the, and the good side only gets one? Shouldn't it be like the good, the bad, and the glorious? Right? The good, the bad, and the wonderful? the story of the movie and the story that Jude has portrayed of those that are ungodly is that yeah you got good and bad but guess what it progresses to ungodly and ugly and evil and wicked way too easily when people get caught up in their own stuff and Jude does a great job in all these different sections that I've laid out for you of showing how ungodly happens and it happens all the time. And it happens like a virus. And it's deadly. He says, look, you knew this was going to happen. Don't be surprised. When your family turns on you, you're like, yeah, well, that was bound to happen. <laughs> when you lose a job, when you get mistreated, when you get ignored, or whatever. How much do you want to spend on that? Well, if God is good, how come bad things happen to good people? Why? Really want to spend on that so much? Or you really want to spend on something? Why don't you spend on the idea that God in full divinity showed up in humanity, full humanity? You ever solve that one? Then we can start arguing something else. It's mind-blowing. Is there going to be good stuff in your life? Yes. Is there going to be bad stuff in your life? How about, more importantly, in 2023, were there good things? Praise God for them? Yeah. Were there bad things? Too many. Were there ungodly? What do you do with that? 
Ungodly happens, folks. I think there's a bumper sticker. Ungodly happens. Never, ever let it surprise you. God's not surprised. In fact, God has created a world where ungodly can run rampant, and he's totally okay with it. Not okay with it, but why does he allow it slash cause it? Because I'm going to argue cause it, but then everybody wants to argue with him or whatever. Why, why does that stuff exist? Why does he have a world where ungodly happens? So you know the difference, and because he's not threatened by it. There is nothing that can stop us from the love that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? Amen. He says, why are you worried about it? I, in fact, I put the gun on godly out there to see if it freaks you out enough so I know where your faith is. <gasps> Remember what he said? Build yourselves up in your holy faith. faith. Not just holy faith, but most holy faith. How much can you believe? In the midst of darkness... Love that. Jude has no problem with darkness now because he understands why it exists and who's winning in the end, right? Uh, number three, the beloved are called. They're called. I mean, you're saved. Praise God. Sin paid for. Death conquered. But you, when you realize that there was more on the cross than just the conquering of death and sin. In fact, when you start to think about you as a value statement in the cross, that Christ wanted to save you, all of a sudden, saved is just the beginning. It's the bottom shelf. And it begs the question, well, now I'm saved, now what? Oh yeah, now the fun begins. Now we maneuver ourselves in and out of the good, the bad, and the ungodly. And we maneuver ourselves into experience with Him. Why? Because I know I will never be alone. He wants to be with us. What are we called to then? Well, m patience, mercy, and love for sure. You saw those. See that patience word? I told you I had to deal with that word enough this week already without you having to say it out loud. Huh? But um, faith and prayer. Well, geez, God, that's a little weird. Why don't you underline all five of them? Or how come you underline the first two and not some of the other ones instead? And why the order like that? Well, let's get the order down first. Why are they in that order? Faith, prayer, patience, mercy, love. It's the order that they follow, uh, show up in, in this passage. Okay, that's the easy one. Here's why I made you fill in the first two. Can three, four, and five happen without one and two? Bingo. And faith prayer is like a thing too. Rather than just prayer, God, thank you for this food and our time together. Amen. Is that a prayer? Say yes. How much of a faith prayer is it? God, thanks for this food, but my family sucks right now and they don't get along. And I'm trying to figure out what to do because I'm at the end. I need direction. That mercy thing I'm supposed to wait for, how about we do that sooner than later? Is that a little more of a faith prayer? 
hey, God, I got something going on in my body and no one seems to be able to explain. I'm not sure if it's going away and it might mean I'm going away. What's the deal? Answers, please. More of a faith prayer. Let's get to a place. Let's, let's have 2024 be more. More than what? Uh, you fill in that. But I love this idea when people have a, a word for the year. Hey, I'm going to have a word for this year. That's great. It's, it's built off this idea of New Year's resolutions, right? This year I'm going to I'm going to do sober January. I'm going to, for the next all year, every once a week, I'm going to, I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'm going to make it through the whole, I'm going to never miss a Sunday. Okay. What's that about? What's it like having a word for the year? What's, what's that about? It's you trying to do those kind of five things, getting closer to him. It's doing the stuff he's already given you to know rather than spinning on the stuff you don't know. I figured out my word for next year. I get to start it tonight at midnight. You ready for my new word for the year? No. <laughs> it's going to be a great year. It's going to be my word. No. Lastly, the beloved win. The beloved win. We have to remember that. Jude says, hey, before we go, I just need you to remember, I know you're, sure you're clear on all the common salvation stuff, but I need you to know, in the end, we win. They lose. They don't have to lose. They could win too, but they do the ungodly, and as long as they have the un, they lose. When does win start? Now. You start winning now. In fact, you already are. And I know, because you're the people that are here December 31st. Start winning. Pick one of those words. Maybe you need to be praying more. Maybe you need to be reading more. Maybe you need to be serving more. Whatever. Maybe you need more sleep. You need to take care of your body. Maybe you need to be healthy. Whatever. Start talking to God about what what'd you do last year, God? What I do last year. Tell me about next year. And in both. Tell me about you. Let 24 be more. Amen? If you've, if you've never agreed that you're the beloved, that there's a God that loves, that He proved it through Christmas, and then sealed it with Easter and said, Here, let me show you your value at the same time as showing you how much power and control I have. Some of you make that choice. Like, uh, from now, I'm, I'm going to start. I'm, I'm committed. I'm in. I'm going to stop doubting those that are close around me, worrying about what they're doing, thinking, acting, saying, whatever. What my resources are, what my experiences are. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just... I'm going to remember that you win in the end and I'm with you. From now on, God, me and you, mostly you. Amen? Lord, thanks for a great year. Thanks for this great series in the book of Jude. 
thanks for your promises, your truth. Mostly thank you for you. The experience that so many others had, James, Jude, and that we can have that experience too, that we can know we are never alone. Help us to pursue that. Uh, we, we thank you for what happened in this last year. Help us to focus on the positive Lord and then help us to grow and learn from the, the negative. But may we just be closer with you regardless. We thank you for another year of this church and your people. And we thank you for how you continue to provide for us. We ask that that will remain. We know that this offering is a small part of it, and we ask your blessing on it to do exactly what you want. And we pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. will be forever mine. Hey, we're going to start a new series uh, next year. In fact, next year, we're going to get in uh, to two series uh, mapped it out. We're going to start. We, it's been a while since we've done a gospel. Uh, and the longest one it's done is my probably my favorite. So next week, we begin the gospel of John. And we're going to take that through the first half of the year. And then we're going to come back and hit 2 Samuel in the second half of the year. Because some of you wanted that. Be beloved. Amen. Go with him.